1: everyone and welcome to the phileas club my name is patrick beja this show is supported by patrons on patreon at patreon.com slash the club and if you enjoy it or well i don't know if we can enjoy this show nowadays it's kind of a weird like it's eating your podcast greens that's what we do and we do it we might not enjoy it but We have to. And uh, if you think greens are important in many different ways, then maybe you will want to support the show at patreon.com slash the Club. The show notes include that link and the people who support it are my heroes. Um, I have two of my heroes on the show today. I have Randy Deluxe, Randy
0: Jordan. How's it going, Randy? It's going very, very well. Thank you for having me. It is a beautiful time of the year here in Southern California and an absolutely terrifying time of the year in every major city in the United States. Uh, I also have the pleasure of welcoming Reed Fischler, a very
1: active um, person on our Discord uh, who has been a uh, constant part of the community for a very long time. How's it going,
2: Reed? Very well, Patrick. Thanks. And thanks for. Uh putting that in in the pleasant light. (laughs) (laughs) Of course,
1: obviously. Um, So before we start the show, this is another special, and I do want to uh, address what we're doing here, because it might be a little bit different from what we usually do in a weird way. Um, The goal of this show is always to get a Point of view that you might agree with, might not agree with, but to listen to that point of view and to try uh, to try and broaden our understanding of the reality of the world, and that's important. The reality of what is actually happening in. Uh, as you know events of course but also the way people view those events right I think most people will understand that this is what I try to do with the show but it's important to remember because it's something that sometimes is uh unsettling and you might think well those people those views being expressed are inaccurate or I disagree with them and that might be uh frustrating for many people listening But that doesn't mean that those views don't actually exist. And the people expressing them actually are there and vote and matter. And I think that it is very important to understand why, uh, hopefully try to understand why they think the way they think, even if we disagree with them. Now, this is the kind of uh, core tenant of the show, and I think it's a really important one. That being said, um, I feel like as a European, uh, I will say centrist, as I often say people in France will call me um, maybe right wing, maybe a conservative, I definitely disagree with that um, characterization. But I would say a European centrist, I feel like I represent some of the uh, views of the you know, left side of the political spectrum in the U.S. And in case it wasn't clear, we're still going to be mainly talking about the U.S. election. But uh, not only, but, you know, that's going to be what we are concerned with, because I feel like I represent uh, uh, some of the views or at least some of the political leanings uh, of the American left and so I try to populate the show with maybe purposely more of the American right or, you know, off-left <laughs> uh, population. And I think in the process, as I try very hard, as I've tried very hard to do this in the past few uh, weeks and months, it's possible that I have given a skewed view of uh, the American opinion, you know, opinion of the public. And a few people on the last show, we tried to cover, uh, you know, it's impossible to cover the entire spectrum of political America, but we tried to cover a little bit of it. And it was mostly people who were, you know, unhappy with the left, and maybe happy with Donald Trump, or for different reasons, you can go back and listen to that. Um, But that uh, uh, doesn't represent the entirety of the American public, of course. And I might have not. Uh, so, people, so a lot of people were saying, "This it's really cool that we can hear this because it makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, some people were saying, you know, I might disagree, but it's important to hear that uh, opinion. And another set of people were saying, all right, listen, Patrick, it's all well and good to do all of this. <laughs> But, <laughs> but uh, you're kind of giving a skewed image of the U.S. And that's where I hopefully uh, start talking a little bit less and invites my guests, Randy and uh, I was going to say Joel. No, that's your handle. Uh, Reed to tell us how they view um, the situation in the U.S. and the election And uh, I mean, if it wasn't obvious by everything I just said, they're left-leaning. And I think just as, you know, it's important to understand how people on the right side of the political spectrum see all of this, it's important to understand how people on the left side understand all of this. And surprisingly, I am not uh, an American, (laughs) and so even (laughs) though I might align my views with some of them, uh, I can't really speak for any
0: of this so i've um, I've spent i think eight different experiences in my life in your presence patrick eight times you and i have got together and every time that was in the united states of america every (laughs) single time so i don't know i mean i've heard you i've heard you talk on a lot of podcasts and you got really good french but i I don't know you you might be american i've only ever seen you here
1: well, officially, um, I, I uh, publicly, I'm not. So I have to maintain that persona. And so, Randy, uh, what do you think of all that is happening?
0: I I think the biggest uh, trouble for you, if you're going to go finding people who like hold a corner of the political spectrum really firmly is that over the last 30 years in the world uh, everyone has aligned on what facts like what what information they're getting about about the news right and they aren't getting what the other group people in from another perspective are getting and so that's like that, that's the danger right because um, that you I'm, I'm absolutely certain that you can talk to people. In the United States, who who self-identify as you know Republican voters, and they they don't uh, they they're literally not reading the same news that I'm reading, or you know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, f- just for example, for the last ten days since the election, uh, the president of the United States, who by the way, has been stating clearly and repeatedly for years. That he will not respect democratic results if they don't please him. This this person who's been telling us that, the last 10 days, he has been purging the government of people who aren't sufficiently loyal. That's news. That's like something he's been doing, right? And it's the kind of thing, by the way, that if we saw that in most countries, we'd call it a coup. We would look down on that. If that was happening in South America or Africa, we'd stand up in the UN and declare that the UN should, should censure that – that president of that tin pot country that's, you know, purging his government uh, here in the United States. I will bet you the majority of Americans have not heard that news. Like they literally don't know that's happening, you know, and, uh, you know, I just called it a coup. Like that's big news, you know, and so that's what, I mean, all I'm it's saying a is coup, like, there's, it's there's, a coup
1: if he stays in power after he's been, you know,
0: he's supposed to leave. Do you believe that's going to happen? Okay, I should have said a coup attempt. Okay, <laughs> there is there is the there are the beginning stages of a coup. Uh, but you I think okay?
1: Let think me so. clarify this. You think his intent is to try and stay in power after he's supposed to leave?
0: Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. That is the only play he has, and. Everything you see in the, in like the news, the the things that are actually happening that are being reported on lead you to that, like not just what he's saying, right? Because we have all gotten to a point a long ago where we just kind of disregard what he's saying, right? Like what he's saying is just this almost white noise at this point, right? But what he's actually doing is setting the stage to stay in power By any means necessary, including like, you know, what, what, what could that be? Right. You, you, uh, if, if you have a coup, uh, in two months, what would, what would it be looking like now? It would be looking like precisely what's happening. And all I'm saying is that if you only talk to me, you're going to only hear about stuff like that. And if you only talk to, Uh, you know, some uh, Republican voter, you're never going to hear stuff like that because they're not getting the same news.
1: Okay, Uh, that went a little bit farther than I thought it would. Um, Seeing it from here, it doesn't look like it. Okay, here's my scenario. I think he's He's already doing a lot more and a lot worse than I thought he would. I think he's actively damaging the American democracy. That is indisputable. What he's doing is weakening the American democracy. However, I think that once the courts and administrations have said, uh, has, the recourses have been exhausted, he's going to say, Well, the election was stolen from me, but I'm going away and I'll, you know, run again
0: in 2024. There is no way that we should accept a potential future that's okay in also accepting a current event that is absolutely anti-democratic. That's what I'm getting at. What he is doing right now, and, and forget Trump, let's forget Trump, because honestly, He's just, he's a feckless loser. Okay. Let's focus on the percentage of Republicans who have embraced a solidarity with these anti democratic moves. Uh, they are 95% of Republicans. Like we've heard, we've heard almost no Republican leaders in this country over the last 10 days stand up for democracy. And, you know, it, it may as well be zero zero you know like it's been it's been that scary we've gotten to see that these republican leaders will accept an authoritarian demagogue that's that's just it's terrifying you know uh, we, we we reached this point where we were always talking for years and years we we all we've all we've heard over and over and over well when it gets really bad enough the republicans will be patriotic they'll eject their fascists uh, we we reached that point and they have refused, you know, so I, I mean, it's fine to say, oh, don't worry, we'll reach that point in a few weeks. You know, that's fine. I hope so. I, I want to believe in that. But what's happening right now is is not good.
1: Well, I wouldn't say, yeah, I think we can all agree it's not good. But uh, Reid, what's your your take on all of this?
2: I would tend to agree with Randy. However, I would go as far as to say we're, what we're seeing is a scorched earth policy, where what we're trying to see is even if he does have to leave, there's going to be such a, a mess behind him that whoever picks up the pieces, be it Biden or Harris or, or anyone else in the future, is going to be spending so much time trying to clean this up. That it's going to look bad in two years when we have midterms and we're going to start this whole process over again.
1: I mean, that is, as an outside observer, uh, as neutral as I can be, that's the main concern. The concern is not quite the, the two years, but if you do that, then like this is a very clear victory for Biden. Right, it's it's impossible to look at it in
2: any way and say he didn't win unless you're delusional. Well,
1: and you, that, it, you'd
2: you'd be very stunned if you came here. That would be you have seventy two th- million people who don't agree I, with you. Okay, uh,
1: yes, sure, but I again I stand by what I said. I think there's no way to look at it and get to any <laughs> other conclusion unless you're delusional. Um, so if this happens when the victory is that clear then it's a serious potentially but i think it's a a very serious concern that in future elections you're going to have the same thing happen again and if they're less clear then the question of what happens is genuine so in other words I'm not so much concerned about him not wanting to leave the office now. I think that is a little bit, you know, of a... How do I put this delicately? I think this is a. am li- not going to put it delicately. I think this is a little bit, not very much, and sorry for being playful here, Randy, but it's a little bit of a raging Democrat concern. I think the coup is playing into... The coup concern is playing into trump's playbook he's riling you up and you're being riled up in that well, sense Patrick, I, I'll, I'll finish in just half a second so i'm not concerned ahead. about that because i genuinely think he's gonna leave my concern is the very problematic effects of what he's doing now possibly knowingly for future elections sorry go ahead be angry at me
2: no no i'm not angry at you let's just remember that that the way that this is supposed to work is the GSA, the Government Services Administration, is supposed to start the transition? It was supposed to have started a week ago. We should have had all of Biden's team, and regardless of who won, this is not just a Biden thing. This is the you know um, Trump had his team in at this at this time in the election four years ago. You're supposed to have people in the different offices of the government starting the transition. That's not being allowed because Trump changed the person inside the GSA and the head of the GSA will not say, "Hey, there's a winner here, so let's start things moving." So we don't have the daily presidential briefing being given to Biden. We don't have people that he is chosen to go in and start to learn what's going on. So what we're seeing is we're already seeing that scorched earth policy and mm. you're not going to be able to to repair. You don't get this time back. There's no do-overs. So we're already seeing things being, being ruined. We've, we've, you've already pulled the pin out of the grenade. And the question is, is how much little extra time do you have before the thing blows up? How,
0: how, I, want, I want to push this... back on the, on the angry Democrat thing. I have to push back on that because, <laughs> uh, or you said raging Democrat, because like going back to before the man was elected president, the you know, uh, the first time <laughs> that's uh, that's my job. Uh, but going back to before Trump was elected president, we were constantly being told, don't worry, he won't do you know, he won't go yeah, too that's far. True. He he would never do something like fire the head of the FBI who might be about to investigate him, and then he did. And we're like, okay, okay, so now can I rage? No, because he would never commit high crimes. Oh, well, yes, he did. He got impeached. Okay, okay, now can I rage? No, you cannot be – you never get to sound the Mm -hmm. alarm, apparently, with these concerns. For some reason, we're in this weird, weird time. It's four years, and I always wonder – uh, what it must have been like to live in Vichy, France for those four years that were like 1940 to 44. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just, I would love to know <laughs> what, well, what, that, what that was like.
1: There's, I think there are some people who are going to go, you know, hear you there and say, oh, there you go, Godwin Point, the conversation is over, right? And I, what I would tell those people is... The the Godwin point meme or concern or, you know, uh, uh, issue is raised when you're talking about something that has no relation to <laughs> politics. When you're talking about politics, it's completely legitimate to at some point, especially when you're talking about issues that might relate to uh, uh, anti-democratic measures, to talk about that. So I just want to shield you from I mean, that from the get-go.
0: Oh, we we studied Vichy France because it's useful. It's important, right? Yeah. Like there are there are these parallels sometimes to things that happen in modern times right we see them like we we were supposed to learn by studying those years in france that there's this thing called collaborationism right and it comes from nationalism and ethnic hatred and it comes from anti-communism and opportunism and anti-semitism right and like yeah anti-semitism a lot and mostly it comes from like a combination of those things you you combine those things and you get crimes against humanity right and look we've We've seen this in the States. Like we're, we're watching it as it happens. Uh, there's there, there were police riots over the summer here and th- they weren't sparked by people being outraged at the police. They, like, I mean, that's what it, that, that was a spark. But what they were really generated by was this stockpiling of nationalism and all of the other parts of that collaboration soup, right? And, and this is like what inevitably happens if you stockpile – Fertilizer or explosives, right? You pile up too much of it and then explodes that like we're, we're supposed to make this comparison, right? That's how we, how we figure out what's going on. Right?
1: So there's, there's one, um, parallel that I, that this conversation is making me think of, which is, I think in many different countries, um, there's the concern of the rise of the far right. And it's been happening for the last two or three decades. And uh, when that happens, and when the far right gets more airtime and more uh, uh, votes in democratic elections, there are two ways of thinking about it and sort of combating that uh, rise. And just to be clear, when we're talking about the far right, we're talking about Xenophobic, uh, nationalist, populist movements that exist in every like it's not the 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 right as the conservative parties. It's the
0: right, exactly, unacceptable. Right. That's what, yeah. yeah, and that's yeah, so why I, I listed all of those. You know, like those things yeah, that that are not part absolutely. necessarily partisan.
1: Yeah, and the concern is so. What do you do? And I think the shutting it off and thinking. You just, you can't, you know, those are the bad people and you can't address them and you shouldn't be concerned with what they're concerned with is increasing the silent sentiment that uh, fuels those parties. And that's one way of looking at the situation. And so you should say, well, we should not shut them off and we should listen to them and think about what the concerns are and try to address them. And so kind of inviting them into the conversation. The other analysis of this is, but if you talk to them too much and try to include their their concerns and the, you know, issues about immigration and all of these, you shift the entire political spectrum to the right. And slowly, slowly you normalize the um, issues that are being pushed by these parties. And to be honest... I don't think we know quite what the answer there is. Both right, seem because... to be happening at the same time, and we're in this spiral. We don't know how,
0: it, how to fix it. I, I, have, I have started walking on some territory here, and I'm going to tread on it some more, right? Because like, we're supposed to look at, at, say, the last five years of World War II and learn things. And like one of those, like what's the? I, I brought up like this idea of collaborationism, right? What's the opposite of collaborationism? Well, it's resistance, right? That's that is that is a real actual thing that that people have done, many in many situations, like kind of like what we see in the states, right? And and we have seen resistance in the states. We've seen uh, this organic and invigorated group come together, uh, and it's been happening over years, uh, and it is frightening to see how rapidly the collaborationism will just shoot the resistance like i i've begun to question whether fascism is something that can be stopped in the 21st century like we know it was stoppable 75 years ago there's no doubt like that it, it, that actually happened the man who captured mussolini and killed him together with his girlfriend that man went on to be a democratically elected leader of a free italy wow. <laughs> that is just mind-blowing. We we know a way to stop fascism, right? Well, but we're not going to do anything
2: like that in the 21st century. But Randy, let, let, let's look at what we have here. We have as Democrats, on, and I use Democrats as the American Democrats, we have gone on and continuously said we're not going to punish the right for what they've done, be it Oliver North, be it Everything that Bush did when Obama came in, we didn't prosecute, and and I have a strange feeling we're going to do the same thing now. Biden is going to say let's not let's not lurk on on what Trump did. Let's move forward, and we keep on teaching them that they can do whatever they want to do, and and they'll get yelled at a little bit. They'll you know they'll be a little a little child, and and they'll get yelled at, but they're not going to suffer anything for it. We. We, unfortunately, as the left, are spineless and unwilling to actually stand up and say, no, this has to be, you have to pay the price for what you're doing. This is not good. The rest of the world says it's not good. Half of the U.S. says it's not good, which it should be more than half the U.S. But we say this is not good and you should stand trial for this. You should be punished for this. If we don't do that, we're do, not going to see any consequences. What do you?
1: I, I don't know that the rest of the world is saying Trump should stand trial. Uh, what do you
0: think he should stand trial for? Well, he was impeached. The, the man was impeached. He committed high crimes, and uh, like he he literally withheld foreign aid in exchange for political favors like it's 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 the kind of thing this this was the kind of high crime that would have been a closed and shut case for any government more than 12 16 years ago seriously any government but in this time When Trump was impeached, we couldn't even count on our leaders to simply remove him from office for his crimes. They had a backup Trump ready to go, and they couldn't even do that, right? So, like, it's not just the Democrats who are spineless. They're all spineless, you know? We
2: we knew that. We knew that the Republicans were spineless and and not going to do anything, so we have to count on our own. And if if we're not going to do it, then we certainly can't count on them to do it. I'm, I'm over caffeinated. I'm sorry, Patrick.
1: <laughs> well, it's very late for both of you. Um, okay, can I be candid with both of you?
0: Sure. Yeah,
1: I, I, I hope so.
0: Is this where you tell <laughs> us that we're, we are driving you to the right? Is this where you say that?
1: I, uh, it. I am not in the middle of your situation, mm-hmm. and I understand that every everything you're saying is problematic is a concern and trying to look at it from like objectively i see why you're you're angry but i i can't shake the feeling that you're Overdoing it—that you're exaggerating <laughs> You know, it's and, I, and I'm sure that I don't know. I'm trying to examine my own feelings here, but I don't know if it's because you actually are, and you are, you know, raging Democrats, <laughs> and or you know, because when I look at at the way uh, the the right leaning people are when they're on this show, they're a lot more. Um, mellow they're a lot more reserved and maybe it's because they're having their cake now so they're like yeah no it's it's fine it's okay you know because they're having what they want to be happening in the best possible way uh i'm not talking about the election i'm talking about the the trump policies and i don't know if that's why or if it's because i have been kind of brainwashed by the political atmosphere of the US where every time you're you get angry it's like oh no it's not that bad you should be like both sides and like or if it's just because it actually is the case that you're spun up you know and that you're seeing things not worse than they are but as having more long-term horrible effects then I'm not saying they're good but it's just not as bad as you're describing it it's bad it's just not as panic-inducing as you seem to be you're living in the state of constantly.
0: I, I might have been able to find some some common ground on that mm. uh, five years ago. I, 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 it has just been it has just been wrung out of us. I'm speaking for Reed here, but it's like it's like we're getting s- squeezed of our humanity uh, by by what we see plainly happening in front of us for a long time. And then this damned pandemic comes along. And this is the thing that was that, that again, in any other time in our history would have actually brought people together. Like seriously, we would have had any other, uh, the worst president we ever had before Trump, uh, George W. Bush would have done so much better at, at bringing people together at, at not being so constantly selfish, you know, and uh, it, it I, I, there was something else uh, do, do, you said do you earlier.
1: Think, that's, sorry, yeah, I speak, I speak a lot. Do you think you would have rallied behind Bush? I,
2: look, I, at 9-11. Watched, look at yeah, 9-11. Watch, we did. Yes,
0: we we yeah. watched this country like radically align behind. But there was like a ninety one percent approval rating right after nine eleven mm-hmm. for for uh, George W. Bush. He could have done anything. Uh, like, seriously, he could, like, like he could have uh, attacked the wrong country on a lie and, you know, <laughs> Bush, let him do it. So, um, but, um, you, 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 I, 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 I want to agree with you, you know, like uh, that, uh, it is not that, uh, uh, persuasive, right. To be highly aggravated <laughs> and, and, Uh, You said, you know, you you regularly I I listen to this show. You regularly start the show by trying to explain uh, uh, Fresh for a new audience what it's about and what you're trying to do And I so totally agree with you that there are a lot of people who have never known or maybe never taken the time to know uh, who Republicans are right? That's challenging. We, we need to know who we are. We need to know who other people are. We need to know who our neighbors are because we have to go vote and elect people to high office. And if we screw that up because we don't know what we're doing, uh, we get ignorance, we get oppression, we get apathy, right? We've seen uh, so much apathy lately and electing apathetic leaders is how we're getting murdered by COVID while other countries do better. So we need to know each other, uh, but I'm not saying that we need to know why they do what they do like that. I I disagree with you on that, right? Like I, I, I can kind of get it, but it doesn't matter really why they do what they do. That's you know, they don't tell you like the Republican party in 2020 literally refused to publish a party platform. Like they, it's something they did every four years for 160 years. And this year they decided to just stand for nothing. And you know, like I've experienced this on a local level, like a lot. You can go ask a Republican who's running for office. Why? <laughs> and they'll tell you they oppose immigration or they oppose climate legislation or they oppose women, women receiving healthcare. Uh, they won't tell you what they actually intend to do. You have to look at what they do, right? And and then you can know Republicans.
2: Uh, so look, so w- un, un, go ahead, read. Un, un, unfortunately, and, and and yes, this will be a generalization, but unfortunately, what we, what we see here is that generally Republicans have uh, uh, it's 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 American exceptionalism at its best. You see Republicans continuously say we need to make America great again we were great, we were excellent, we were, we were wonderful. Remember how it was, everything was good, let's go back there. And, and that works, that, that goes to everybody because you remember your childhood, you remember those flavors, you remember everything. Th- those are all great memories for most people. Democrats generally, progressives, sit down and say, look, we need to move forward. Everything wasn't good, we're not perfect. There are people who are better than us, let's look out and move forward. And that's where we are and unfortunately what, what the position that we have is not very popular right now because everybody wants to sit at home eat stress foods and and be happy I don't and, <laughs> and 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 the world we're seeing now be it in the US or or most other countries a couple of 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 things um are are exceptions but we see people who are actually actively seeking out things that make them feel better which is fine i understand you, you, people have lost their jobs they've lost their health care they've lost family members all of those things are things that are horrible and should be addressed however what they're they're going back to things that make them feel at home and whether that be their faith whether that be um, hatred of others and, and 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 groups and and clanism and I don't mean Ku Klux Klanism I mean clanism is in, in their group. Yeah, That is what them. we're seeing people. Yeah, tribalism. We're seeing people go back to that, and and that is what we're fighting against. And and there's a reason why we're called progressives and they're called conservatives. And it's and it and it's because we're trying to move things forward, and and others are trying to leave things back the way they were. And and you know what? We were fine people back then, for back then. But 2020 is not back then, thankfully. And 2021 is forward, not backward. Okay, so let me ask you this. How, how do you view the path
1: forward? What do you think, short of every Trump supporter realizing that he is a selfish individual and wrecking american democracy short of that what do you think should be done going forward realistically like well, how do you question, make the whole situation do, better
2: are you asking what should be done or what do i think will be done i'm asking
1: what you think is realistically is realistic to expect not what you would want to see happen.
2: I, I, I think that it's realistic to expect that we're going to have to have uh, some form of universal health care just because I think the system is going to fall apart from COVID. Um, I, I think that with you're going to be seeing people getting vaccinations from the government because there's really not going to be a, any other way to do it. You're already seeing that people are being uh, covered for COVID. Uh, by the government, effectively, uh, their underwriting, you're going to see people have to rely on the government. You're seeing people go to the government and say, hey, I need uh, stimulus funds, which they're not getting, but I need to keep my business alive. I need to get my housing. I need to do everything. And that's going to be done. And what you're going to see is people are going to rely on their government. And hopefully, with the new administration, that government is going to be there. However what you're also going to see is the right come in and say, hey, we can't run up this debt. And we've already started to see that. And with that, we're going to see them put their foot down and not allow for any spending unless things are cut. And we're going to see the same effective roadblocks put in when really we should be spending money like there's no tomorrow. And we should be careful on what we're spending it on. But we should go in and do a new, new deal. We should be building roads. We should be building schools we should be putting money into our own systems so that when the engine starts we see things actually fire on all cylinders because putting chewing gum in the holes in the dike is not going to fix the problem you need an entire new dam i i have uh
0: i have had a standard joke answer to this question this you're asking for a prescription for a better future right patrick uh And my joke for years and years now has been that on election day, the young progressives need to waylay grandma. Like they, they literally need to go find an elderly white person and prevent them from getting to the polls. Uh, that like, that's, that's how bad it is. You know, it's just a joke, but what is a resistance, right? Like if for a resistance to work, they have to do something, right? They can't just, march around and hold up signs they have to actually do something and that's what what you're really asking right what what could they possibly do to make a better future and so like when when i try to uh you know to to like screw my eyes closed and, and envision that i always have to start with what we actually have going on right now right so Republicans have been in charge of this country for several years. They've been in charge of the majority of states and several large states, such as Texas and Florida, for many years. And we can see, we can, like, look and see what they've done. And what they've done is they've tried to lower taxes for the wealthy, they've persecuted immigrants, they've denied climate change, and they've, they've criminally delayed our taking action on it. They've defunded education. They've practically ended unionization in this country. They've tried to do everything possible to deny health care for minorities and women and the poor. And here's the thing. None of that has stopped them or even slowed them down from being reelected. To fail reelection as a Republican in this country, you have to be historically bad. Like merely being a terrible person, merely doing terrible things like Mitch McConnell or Ted Cruz or – Lindsey Graham or Kevin McCarthy or Devin Nunez, stop me! It's not bad enough to matter to the voters in this country, right? So, okay. so we're, we 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 have gotten to that that that. Thing where you're going to just say, oh, well then there might, there must not be a solution, right? Because we're talking about voters who go to church every Sunday where they're told that there are evil forces working to kill babies and then they go home and they turn on ultra-conservative news that tells them exactly who those evil forces are. And that's that. What we can do to counteract that is run for office, is organize, do things from the most local level you can, uh, you can get your arms around and get people all over the country who see the, the, you know, that, that big pile of problem that I just laid out and get them to actually go run for something. Like there's literally an organization in this country called run for something. And they had wild success in this election, getting young progressives to just go stand for election to their local town city council or whatever. Uh, they're they're seeing wild success. That is the prescription. The prescription is to organize, to do it locally, to you know get your get get yourself standing up for your government, which is a very personal and close thing. Like like I say, we're focused way way too much on the big picture. We're not going to solve the big picture. No one of us can do that. The resistance is individuals standing up in their neighborhoods and uh, working for a better future. So, yeah, I, I, I
1: like where you ended more than when, where you started, uh, even as a joke. <laughs> but I will say this. Th- this comes back to what's happening in this current election. I think what you're saying about the way to enact the change that you want to see happen is to go through the democratic process. Um, As much as I would like to stop the people I don't agree with to vote, and I understand that you were making a joke, but it's like a wink-wink joke, and obviously you're not saying anyone should actually, you know, go stop grandma from voting. Um, You know, it's the kind of thing that when a Republican person makes a joke like that, it's like, oh, but what did they say? Oh, but is it really a joke? It's not really a joke. Oh, look at what they're...
0: okay. All right. I should have I, I should have tied the beginning to the end more more directly. I guess so. I guess uh, so. My my point my point about you have to go run for something, you have to go do something was that you when you go run for a uh, assistant mayor of your town, you're going to get your own grandma's vote. Like your own grandma will vote for you no matter no matter how far apart you are. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe that's the, that's, that's the the point. Well, maybe not no right. matter how far you are. But yeah, but generally speaking, the way you're going to change what that elderly, you know, pseudo-fascist is doing, not what they believe. You can't change what they believe. The way you're gonna change what they're doing is to actually do something yourself. Okay. So, All right. So uh, yeah, but,
2: but let let's not forget one quick thing. The reason why seventy six million people, I think that's the final number, but seventy six million people came out to vote Democratic this year, was not because they think Joe Biden is the perfect candidate. It's not because they think Joe Biden is a good candidate. It's because we sounded every single possible alarm we had and said, "You better go and vote." and You can't do that. The boy can't cry wolf, you know, two or three times before nobody comes out. And 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 I think the lesson and and one of the things that I've said is that we can't keep going and, and running to the middle and saying, hey, everybody, let's all join together and hold hands and kumbaya because What you see is when progressives come out and explain their progressive ideology, you see people will latch onto it. And will we win 76 million votes if if Bernie Sanders or AOC or somebody on that side runs? Maybe, maybe not. But we will see the the energy come through on the people who actually care. And I can't tell you how many people we have had to yell at to tell them that they shouldn't vote third party and they have to go out and vote because of what we were running against, which is this administration. And it's very important that as a party and as a group and as leftists and as whatever you want to call us, that we come out and say, it's very important that we're not running to the center all the time. Democrats have this way of saying that, hey, we're going to win the left votes, they're going to come out. And, and what you see is they don't. We, at some point it's too it's too dull of a taste no one wants to go out and eat soylent all day long they want mm, flavors
0: those, those greens we're, we're giving them those <laughs> greens that Patrick was <Demetrius laughs> talking about that's you know that's the concern
1: I was out uh, laying out earlier that when you you go to the you know you, you get the whole you shift the whole scene to the right and the people who are on the left first of all seem more on the left but second of all, also, uh, don't feel like voting for that platform anymore, and that happens uh, in you know every every. Pff, I, I would I will say most European countries. Um, but but then you also see demagogues come out on the far left, which is a concern. But anyway, what I was trying to get to about Randy's comment about you have to run for something, it comes back to the absolutely crippling danger of what's happening now with with what Trump is doing very explicitly which is undermining the strength of democracy the strength of the uh-huh. democracy and and then if you if if when you run for something it doesn't really matter anymore if you win clearly because this is the one point that I will vehemently disagree with, well, maybe not the one point, but on that point, with people uh, who have had on the show before and who will say, oh, but, you know, or, you know, the, the, the Republican, the reasonable Republican sentiment that, <laughs> oh, but every, uh, every, uh, um, uh, how do you call it? How do you say it? Every option should be exhausted. Every recourse should be exhausted. Sure. In this case, this is not what's happening. What's happening is not we think that the vote was, uh, you know, there were errors or uh, there were uh, uh, fraud, and so we need to make sure that that didn't happen. This is not what they're doing. What they're doing is, again, throwing everything up in the air so that people stop caring. And it is dangerous. It is. and, And so getting back to the, oh, but we should vote. This is what matters in the end, the vote and the the democratic process should be a sanctity that shouldn't be attacked by anyone, especially not people in in the world of politics. Because if you don't have that, then you get to, again, I'm sorry for taking that example, Randy, but the joke of, oh, but that person shouldn't vote, right? And and you get to conflict and you get to actual violence, if that ultimate recourse is okay, but we all agree that once the vote is done, then it's done. And it's not the same as Gore Bush. It is not. In the case of Gore Bush, it was a few hundred votes in one state. It is and, impossible. And they were to running
2: compare.
0: out of time, it was and, in- and it
2: was a horribly designed ballot.
0: Yeah, it was. They were running out of time. That's the main thing. Bush v. Gore only gets to happen when it's essentially a tie, and you have the you know the outcome that you want, and you can just force people to stop counting votes at that moment. Yeah, you know?
2: let us let, just remind everybody, for those of them not in the states, that one state or even in most cases two states would not change the election here in the in the U.S. You would need a massive amount of states. Or two huge states like California and New York, which which are just impossibilities to flip and have massive fraud and have the wrong uh, the wrong winner in order to make this election any different.
1: I think in the case of Bush Gore, it was a legitimate like the way it was handled. We could argue about it until 2000, you know, the the year 3000. But. The thing to remember is that it was a few hundred votes in one state, which was, it was a tie, and it literally, the election came down to, because of the, the way elections work in the US, the election came down to a few hundred votes, right? This is not what is happening now. It is deceitful and criminal to equate the two, because what is happening now is that Joe Biden won the election fairly and very clearly. And well, what let, Trump is doing, and what Trump is doing is not recounting the votes and, you know, making sure there wasn't fraud. What he's doing is undermining the democratic process. Those are he, are two very different things,
2: but 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 let's remember that there are way too many states that were within that were five figure vote counts for the difference. We're not talking about you know, millions of vote differences in be it. Arizona or Georgia or North Carolina or Wisconsin we're talking about vote counts vote differences in states of multiple millions of people that were 20 30 40,000. I mean I, I can click over here and see right now that Georgia we're talking about the the difference here of 14,172 votes. And, and and that's it. That's that's the difference we have. That's the reason why Georgia went in Biden's camp. Nevada went Biden for 33,556 votes right now that, so I we're mean, not talking about huge amounts of people I no but what i mean I think is that's, i think
0: that's substantial relative to the size of this whole state yeah I, exa- like it, I, the, I, no are, but the, those are the nice important markets. the important thing is that the fraud or
1: errors when they happen are in the you know a few 100 a 200 300 oh. votes all oh, right, right. For they, they would is not, not... going to change this exactly the the there is no way that and no indication not no way but there's no indication no one is saying except for trump is saying that there was issues so there there was like it's not even entertaining that idea is inviting the discussion which
2: is ridiculous and anyway so oh, I... we yeah I I just wanted to make sure that that was it. We have three elections now that are basically decided by or could have been decided by the wrong vote count. I mean, we're not that far from Trump having won this election with just a couple of votes changed. Uh, Not a couple, but but let's just say uh, 200,000 people voted differently and we could be dealing with an electoral college win by Trump. And not, uh, you know, still six, 6 million, 5 million votes more for, for Biden, but not for Trump. And, and, and what we're looking at here is we have a system that obviously is broken with the Electoral College. And unfortunately, you're not going to see it being fixed because there's just not the political will to fix it. I, I and, would and-
1: argue, I, I understand that... This is a system that is frustrating. But I don't know that... It's still the system that everyone agreed on. And overhauling that is... Like, if you start saying... <clears throat> if you start arguing, like many people in your camp did four years ago. Oh, but, you know, uh, Clinton won Clinton. the... the, the, the popular vote yes she did but that's not how it's counted
2: and if you start arguing
1: if you start saying oh but she should be president like you start inviting that that it's kind of That's, illegitimate that Trump is president. He really
2: shouldn't be because she won the popular vote. No, so no, really we should let's not you know? go backwards, Patrick. Let's move forward and say right now, in twenty twenty one, that we say for all elections moving forward it should be popular vote. And not only that, but the people of Puerto Rico, the people in Guam, the people in American Samoa, the people who are Americans in every other way should actually get a say in what they're doing don't and, you and, think and, it's and,
1: i agree with you i agree with you don't you think it's convenient that if that were to happen the republicans as they stand today
2: would never win an election again but, yes, but what absolutely. does that say right I, what does that say that if you're telling me that the reason why we're losing is because of a system that uh, rigs is probably the wrong term but that actually fixes things the wrong way. And, and you know, you look at the the, the Republican talking points and it's, you know what's going to happen when the Democrats win. They're going to make Puerto Rico a state. They're going to make Washington, D.C. a state. They're going to make Guam a state. And you're never going to see the Senate as a Republican again. And but you're never exactly going to see- But that's exactly what you want.
1: That's that's exactly but, what but you would that's, want to but see but happen. That's
2: exactly what, but that's exactly what the public wants by six million people.
1: But, okay, we live here in the European Union, we live in a union that also has differentiated representation depending on, you know, the country you live in, for uh, specific reasons that, you know, essentially, in some... I should look this up more precisely, but in some representative instances, one vote in one country does not exactly equal one vote in another country.
2: But, but Patrick, when was that set up? In 2000? In, 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 in 1980? Yeah, in, in the last the system 19, that we're, 20 or
1: thirty two. yeah
2: the, the system that we're in right now in the United States is a good it's been 150 years since it's been redone. You know, maybe every once in a while when you take something out that's 150 years old, you dust it off and and put some WD40 on the screws and make sure that things actually function.
0: That's the thing. I have a I have so much respect for the way that Patrick asked for the prescription because like I say, I can I can probably predict and accurately so that the United States of America will do a number of really progressive things over the next oh let's just say 100 years right so over the next 100 years the U.S. will get health care the U.S. will repeal the stupid second amendment blah 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 I can make all these great predictions and I won't be around to find out if they if they come true but if you if you want to actually get to some of those you have to find a realistic path forward right that's really what what, uh, Patrick. That's what I was or, trying to the... get at. Yes. And, and like I say, I, I'm sorry, man, but I just keep looking back at World War II <laughs> because it's just so stark. It blows my mind that when World War II was over and no one was any longer in any danger of being shot by an enemy, we went around and killed 10,000 collaborators. Like, and and we took twenty years to do it. There were some people who just lived for twenty years after World War II, and then they got executed for being a collaborator in World War II. It that blows my mind. Like that's how that's how scared and how uh, uh, meaningful fascism was to the world. Like those executions were happening in every country in Europe. They were happening in the New World even it's amazing uh, you know and i'm not saying that the path forward now in 2020 has to do with executing fascists but i i look back i'm look around i'm like well then what can we possibly do right Could we can we get election reform i don't know i really don't know i don't think this country will have the will to reform its elections in the next decade Uh, I can tell
2: uh, you what we can do. The easy thing you can do is what you did during reconstruction in Europe after the war, what you did in Japan after the war, which is actually go in, spend the money, build things, put in a system of universal health care, which we did in the countries that were not our own. And, and go in and show people so that in three, four years, when the question is asked of them, are you better now than you were four years ago? The easy and stark answer is yes, instead and of straddling the that, middle. I, I will I'm, I'm say, saying it, it took
0: us 45 years to no, convince it East Germany. Well, I mean, East Germany. well, that was,
1: yes, that was a, a, a slightly different...
0: Yeah, I but agree. you see what I'm saying. It takes
1: but a But I, I will say the uh, massive investments in infrastructure, that's what we're going to do, you know, following the COVID crisis. Everyone in Europe, like even the Germans, are now saying, all right, maybe we need to, like, essentially, it's printing money, right? It's like you print money and you make, you create work for people who don't have it and you avert a uh, yeah,
2: but crisis Patrick- that way. But- The Republicans in the United States right now, literally ever ever since the election came out and said, we now have to address our debt. They're already sounding the horns that they're spending too much money.
0: I just want to, I just want to say, I think it would be really, really interesting for a president, Joe Biden, to run that experiment. I just I, – I like – because apparently we what we've learned the last four years is that no rules apply to the president. The president can do whatever. And I just think it would be really interesting for Joe Biden to just throw all his cards up in the air and say, you know what? I'm gonna pay every single Republican voter in this country to vote Democrat. You know what I mean? Like, basically, I, I'm 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 making a big I mean, summary just, of what. I mean, just to be do, clear, right?
1: what we mean when we say uh, massive investments, it's building infrastructure. You know, roads, train tracks. uh yes, You know, they, like it, putting it, people to our work. Our bridges
2: are falling down yeah, the, exactly, in the United yes. States.
1: And uh, and healthcare. We need healthcare. And and what we're hopefully going to do in in Europe. That's You know, the rumblings once COVID is done, hopefully, is do all of that in a green way. Um, So
2: we've seen this with COVID. We've seen the money, the government money, go in to sponsor vaccines. And look, it's actually worked. Well, I mean, the Pfizer
1: one is apparently hasn't received money from, uh, you know, from the government. But
2: But they they do have laws in place to protect them, and they have gotten promises to protect them. And we've seen airlines getting that as well. So what are you seeing? You're seeing that for some people, they're getting protections, and for others, they're not. And what you have to see is the handouts should be fair and equal, and you have to have those who who are there and with who actually did well during this pandemic, you know what, they should be able to, and and a lot of them have, come in and say, you know what, I'm going to donate, I'm going to, and donate to the wrong term, I'm going to pay my fair share, because I need the roads, I need the people to buy my goods, I need all of this, I need the infrastructure in order to succeed further. And, and unfortunately, that is not something that a lot of people see here. And, and, that that is how America is devolving instead of evolving. Okay, we I want to I want
0: to ask a, a a question of the two of you. Like it it felt like Patrick was uh, asking questions that are going out farther into the future. And uh, like w- when when we get past the uh, eventually failed coup attempt and uh, Joe Biden gets sworn in, there's this moment that I'm really 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 interested in where Donald J. Trump is a uh, a US citizen and he's, he's no longer able to hide in the Oval Office and just today the Wall Street Journal the Rupert Murdoch owned Wall Street Journal posted this article uh, titled Trump family business faces post-election reckoning and it's brutal like it's in the Wall Street Journal and it's just crime after crime <laughs> that the whole Trump crime family is going to have to deal with uh, once he's out of office and so I just I'm just curious if maybe Patrick was gonna ask a question like this but I'm just curious what you think uh is gonna happen like if you had to predict uh, you know will will trump uh will Trump flee the country will he end up in Patagonia will he you know what I'm saying like what do you think is gonna happen uh I think
1: nothing's gonna happen um I know a lot of people are oh, cynical
0: no I think he's gonna <laughs> announce uh he's
1: gonna run for twenty twenty four like the day after the results are validated, the results of the current election are validated. He's not going to congratulate Biden. uh, And he's going to go off into uh, Trump media land and be a constant nuisance and possibly bully Twitter into not banning him, although Twitter might ban him still. Um, And maybe come back in 2024. Uh, it, it might not be the case. You know, a, a lot of people are assuming, oh my God, he's going to be back in 2024. And and I, when I say come back, I mean be the Republican nominee. Um, and uh, maybe he won't be. It's possible. But I think he's going to be there. I do wonder, however, what happens if he is banned from, from Twitter. Because for all of his crying that the, you know, social media are unfair towards Democrat, he exists in the public sphere because of Twitter. If he's not there, he can go to Parler and, you know, the quote-unquote pro-free speech uh, platforms that I don't think have a a lot of power beyond the base, which is, you know, whatever. We could talk about that, you know, the dynamics of social networks in, in another show. But If he's not on Twitter, I wonder how much he goes away. Like, literally, his megaphone is Twitter. And if he continues being Trump, then there's a solid chance Twitter bans him. And if he doesn't, you know, continue being Trump, which I don't see happening, then he's not as much of a problem anymore. Um, So I think in spite of everything that is concerning at the moment... I think things might change dramatically, um, possibly, I'm not sure, but I think they might change once he's not uh, president anymore. And a lot of people, when I said, oh, he's going to run in 2024, I said that, you know, I don't know, tw- two, three weeks mm-hmm. ago, which is not, you know, brilliant insight. A lot of people were thinking about this. Um, a lot of people were saying, oh, but you can't do that if you're, if you fled the country or if you're in prison, etc., etc." et cetera. I... I don't know if he will be, um, but it seems to be a common sentiment,
0: maybe among his political uh, opponents. And, uh, you know, my my whole thing about that is if he was to run, if he was able to run and he was to run four years from now, that would make him 78 at the during the election. That would make him 82 at the end of the term. And this is a guy whose health has been just falling downhill head over heels. So I, I just don't, I don't believe in, in that on, on purely his health terms, Mm -hmm. but I am just, I am just fascinated. I cannot wait to find out what happens in February, 2021 in, in the state of New York, in the state courts, you know, like what happens when these, uh, you know, these German banks start calling and asking for hundreds of millions of dollars that he owes. Like, I I just, it's, it's going to be the, the most entertaining thing. And I don't want to, uh, you know, like you, you were saying throughout this show, you you don't want to sound like a raving Democrat, but it is, it is a raving Democrats fantasy to, uh, to see this guy, this terrible clown, you know, uh, actually get some comeuppance. And uh, I, it just would not surprise me at all to suddenly find out, oh, Donald Trump flew to Ecuador today, and we're
2: never going to see him inside the United States again. I, I I, hear you, but I just don't think that he, I don't even think he has the guts to do that. So um, I, I, I would be very surprised to, I wouldn't be surprised to see nobody do a thing. Hopefully in New York, we do something. I'm a New Yorker, and I certainly hope that we do something. But I think that um, I think there's a good chance that a Republican wins in, in uh, 2024, unless Trump is actually and, and his entire party, uh, his group it, are actually prosecuted. And, and we see the crimes that he's committing. I mean, look, right now, he's not even interested. He's not doing presidential duties. Yeah. He's still president for another two months. And, and, you know, January 20th is the day where he leaves. And he hasn't even had a, 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 a national security briefing since sometime in October. You and I know more about what's going on on the news than he does. I have, I have this little related
0: question, which I, this is we're, so, We're going to so, bring uh, the show directly. to a close fairly just, soon, but go ahead. Okay. I just, I just want to know what do you think his wife is going to do? Like his, what's her name? Ava Braun. Melania? you think his <laughs> wife, Melania, thank you. Uh, what do you think, what do you think she's going to do? Do you think she's going to stick with him? I, I have, okay. I have doubts.
2: You know what, Randy? I don't care. I couldn't <laughs> care less. That's his personal life. I don't care right. what, what Melania does. I don't care what, what, what Tiffany does. I don't care what Barron does. For all I care, they can go and live a happy life at the Trump Honolulu. They, I'm sure they have a nice suite. But But for what I care is the people who have committed crimes should have to stand for those crimes. And we should, as much as we want to move forward, we should not be looking back. We should make people pay for what they did. But we have to make sure that we're not going forward and saying as Democrats, we're the party of anti-Trump. No, we're the party of, of being progressive and moving forward. And, and that's very say, important that we don't get stuck on things.
1: I will say one of the lessons for from the past few years, both on social media and in that divided political climate, um, is that... You should worry about what some people are going to say. Like, you should worry about everyone's opinion, kind of. But it doesn't mean you should act on it or let it influence your actions. Meaning, if there are crimes that have been committed and they, you know, they, if they are prosecuted, then there will be people, Trump the first of all of them, who will say, oh, I'm being unfairly targeted. This is a coup. This is to prevent me from running in 2024. And the, the, the MAGA people are going to line up behind him. But, but that doesn't that's mean gonna you shouldn't. no matter what. Do. That you, I, even more importantly, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Like, there are, at some point, worrying about division should take a backseat to uh, doing what should be done. And I think I would be less far on the dial on, on that dial than maybe people like you two, but it's still, I'm still on that dial and I think everyone should be. And it's kind of the, this, the frustrating thing with that Captain America speech about, you know, you should stand by the river truth and plant yourself like a tree. Do you, you know the speech I'm talking about? Oh yes. Um, It can apply to many different people and people who disagree with you vehemently. Like, it can apply to people who are wrong, who think they're right. Right. And that's, that's, but in this case, people who have committed crimes should be prosecuted. And
0: anyway, all right. You've got it. You've drawn a perfect circle. So I'm really, really proud of you because you've come right back around to that thing that we were, that we mentioned at the very beginning of the show, which is that when, when we're divided like this as people and we're, and we're, you know, seeing the world from completely different perspectives, we, we both think we all think the captain America quote applies to us. And,
2: and, and, And maybe the emperor has no clothes. Actually, has a moral where if at the end you see that the emperor was naked, maybe just maybe some people actually say, "Hey, look, I I can see that he's naked." Instead of saying, "No, he's still clothed," and and that maybe is a lesson moving forward. Is how do we move forward? Well, we actually pay, we actually look at our history and learn from it rather than putting blinders on and say, "No, we're excellent, we're wonderful, nobody's better than us," because. I can tell you I've been around the world and there are lots of places that I think have things that we should steal and plagiarize. (laughs) I I will conclude with this.
1: Um, I'm sure a lot of people listen to this show from the U.S. Hopefully some people who disagree with what you both have been saying are still listening Um, and disagree with some of what I've been saying also. Uh, Hopefully you're still listening. And if that's the case, I would really like for you to listen very closely now the entire world is looking at the us right now and thinking this is a, a shit show and it's a shit show not because all politics are shit shows it's a shit show not because there's division it's a shit show because of the specific actions of your president specific and willful and damaging actions of your president. It's not like there's no different interpretations here. There's no, oh, we think this, we think that. Everyone agrees. I, I mean, obviously, if you go ask someone in the street, they might say, oh, I think Trump is cool. Sure, okay. But every, there is a consensus. Everyone agrees this is a shit show. And it's a shit show because of him. Not just because of him. He is the shit show. Okay. Well, and his for everything, for everything that I'm saying about you know the the both sideism, which I strongly believe in. I strongly believe that there you need to listen to everyone. He himself now, currently, without even if you don't look at everything that's been happening before. The actions of the past two weeks are squarely putting him in the. How can I qualify this? I don't know. He's a he's a shit show. I don't know how else he, to describe it. You don't it, need right? to qualify it, it. He is like it's not, it's a shit show for democracy. It's not even about who he was, what he did during his his uh, uh, mandate during his presidency. Even if none of this matters. What he's doing now is terrible. It is criminal for democracy. Like, it's, it's ethically uh, 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 criminal. And I want this we- to be very clear outside of any U.S. consideration. The whole world, it's like looking at China and saying, oh, they don't really like human rights so much. Yes, everyone agreed. This is clear. Everyone ag- if you go to China, you're going to have a different message, maybe from some people in China, maybe from the government in China. But it doesn't mean that it's true. Everyone agrees in China they don't really care about human rights all that much, right? This is a consensus. Everyone, everyone, it's not just that everyone agrees. Everyone understands that this is true, okay? And in the case of the U.S. and what the president has been doing in the past two weeks, everyone knows, understands, and not even agrees. Agrees doesn't matter. Everyone knows that he's been doing some really bad things with the American democracy, Okay, and I want this to be clear to Americans who are not seeing this and who are into the, oh, maybe, you know, both sides, maybe there are frauds and maybe there's, you know, not the people who are MAGA people, who are convinced that there are. That's not who I'm talking to now. I'm talking to the people who are maybe on the fence, who aren't sure, who are thinking, oh, those raging Democrats, they're they're turning it, in the way that makes it seem like maybe there's no problem, but maybe there is. We don't know. We should go to the courts. We should find out. Okay, if you're in that situation, looking at it with a little bit of perspective from the
2: outside, things are very clear, and they are the way I and, described. And the question is, can the part, can the country that? made its living going around and telling everybody else what to do when it falls off the bike can it learn well enough to get back on the bike and pedal forward or is it going to sit off the bike and go I'm not off the bike nothing's wrong everything's okay I'm right and and the question is can for democracy in the, in the world and I'm not saying that if the US fails the rest of the world will fail but I think the world is looking at us and saying, OK, you screwed up. Can you get back on that bike and pedal forward or are you done? And this is where we are right now. And we have to tell the world, hey, we screwed up and we're going to look forward and move forward and take care of what we did wrong. And that's what we we have to do, because otherwise we no longer have any standing as the people who can go and tell people whether or not their elections uh, were, were actually valid and tell people whether or not someone's going and, and violating somebody's human rights because you know, that
1: is important. It it definitely is. It's not even that. Uh, but I mean, I will echo your sentiment. Every, around me, everyone is looking at their, you know, older brother, America, and going like, looking at each other, looking around awkwardly, and going like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like I, I think they're done. Do you think they're done? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And everyone's thinking maybe. And and it's not in a oh, but America doesn't have to take care of the world. That again, put that aside for a second. It doesn't matter. Amer- Can America take care of itself? And we're but looking at everything, the- and we're like, maybe they're maybe that's it. Maybe they're done. And maybe now there are you know. Uh, uh, there uh, okay we're we're not going to dive into that whole conversation but, but, but i really want to echo that sentiment outside of the us yeah. we're looking at you not thinking oh trump might be doing this or that or maybe he's a, a strong like he's he doesn't let go of things and that's a strong leader or maybe he's a screw up and we're looking at the country as a whole and thinking all right maybe maybe that's it Maybe they're done. And, Maybe and, America is done. That's literally what people and, and, are thinking.
2: Maybe and, not. And but. you have and you have countries going and saying, look, that's what's wrong with democracy. Democracy won't work. Our system, whatever that system is, is better because that's what happens with democracy. And it's very important. And it's not – look, it's not our job to solve the world. I'm not trying to say that we're the ones who should police the world and, and, and we're the ones who do this. But it's our job to get back up and say – we this system was set up in a way that we can heal from our wounds and we have to actually do that and by moving forward we do that otherwise we show people that we're no better than any other system and maybe we had our time in the sun
0: can can i can i conclude with a couple of quotes
1: go ahead and that's going to be the end of it
0: uh the real the one of the things that really got me interested in politics and world events and news uh, was uh, the death of a New York Senator uh, back in 2003. Um, This, this former New York Senator who had been a Republican in his early working life and then became a Democrat later in, in, in life and served as a Democrat. Um, He died. And I was like, I don't know who that is. I want to find out about him. And so I started learning about this person named Pat Moynihan, and, uh, it was, a, it was like a really amazing life that this, 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 uh, very intelligent, very, um, uh, 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 diplomatic, uh, leader, uh, lived. And there's two quotes that I always go to whenever you say, what would you say to everybody, you know, when they're, when they're in these conflicts, when they need to move forward, what would you say? Uh, one, he said that, uh, Everyone is entitled to his own opinion, but not his own facts. And I, I'm sure you've heard that before. It's Pat Moynihan. Mm-hmm. Everyone is entitled to his own opinion, but not his own facts. I would give anything for everyone to embrace that, that, that there are facts and you need to uh, find a way to agree with everybody else about what those are. But then another thing he said, which really stuck with me forever, is that there is a central conservative truth and that is that culture, not politics, determines the success of a society. And there's a central liberal truth, and that is that politics can change a culture and save it from itself. Uh, Those are compatible, you know? And I I just like, I I would give anything for that to be like tattooed on everybody's wall, you know? Uh, You can come together. I I I hope that no, at no time in this show uh, I have uh, I'm going to be construed as having say, having been saying that the the people who are just going and voting for Republicans are bad or they are wrong. Uh I think you might have just, been construed as that by some people listening a couple of times but great okay but uh, you know talking about the Trump crime family and his collaborators in the U S Senate. I'm talking about these leaders who I think have done really, really horrible things, but as individuals, as voters, we can come together and agree on the way things ought to be. I I truly believe in that. All right.
1: Um, I will leave the show on these hopeful words. Um, Thank you both for taking the time. Uh, thank you to the listeners, even more uh, for listening for listening. I think if you agree with everything you know we've been discussing, it was an easier time, maybe even a cathartic episode because you've been diligently eating your greens uh in the past few weeks uh and months and listening to people you disagree with um, for if you disagree with what we've been saying then i hope that you got something out of it anyway um and that you're paying attention to all of this as people who listen uh to the other episodes hopefully try to pay attention as well so eating your greens let's all eat our greens
0: um this what, what a I you it feel like you've stated the title of the episode like seven times. Now. <laughs> you, have, you have no choice but to make that
1: the title of the episode. All right. I, I was going with something else, but uh I guess that is what I have to do. <laughs> um Randy,
0: where can people find you on the internet? Boy, do they find me uh on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Randy Deluxe and uh it's rough. It's been rough going, you know? Um, I, I have found myself uh, blocking people uh, every single day. They, they find me on Twitter. Uh, basically, uh, I, uh, am a, I'm easy to search up and uh, uh, um, curse at. <laughs> but that's, it's fine. It's good. Uh, we're good. Uh, Randy Deluxe on Twitter. That's the thing. Do you know, I think I've blocked maybe two people in my life on Twitter. Oh yeah that's amazing
1: really i
0: i i I, wow
1: (laughs) it's yeah i i mean i may i've wanted to block more but uh i'll talk about this one day uh how my my twitter policies and uh it's obviously i don't engage with the troll farm trolls like the fake ones you go to their account and you see like 15 right. million political posts. I don't even like, I don't block them because they're, it's like trying to stop a flood with, you know, a pickaxe. I don't know where that came from. But, but the, the people who are actual people, um, very often when I engage, we part ways amicably.
0: Well, and that's um, the whole point of the Phileas Club, right? Like yeah. the, the reason that we're, what, what's 13 years, right? I mean, that's-, that's, that's There was a
1: little of bit that. of an interruption, inter, interruption, but yes, something like that. It was a very different show when I first started. <laughs> Maybe our world was different, <laughs> but it was definitely- that. That's-
0: you know, Yeah. I actually feel like the Phileas Club has been very consistent. And yes, you're right. The world has changed.
2: Mm-hmm. Reed, where are you? Uh, well, other than sitting in New York and uh, waiting for the snow, um, I am on Twitter as Joel Freak. I am on uh, Discord as Joel Freak. I'm pretty much Joel Freak anywhere. And uh, for for those who would ask, just real quickly, that's Billy Joel. It's it's nothing <laughs> else. I'm I really am a New Yorker. So. Uh, find me yell at me scream at me uh ha- have fun but but actually have an open mind and, and be willing to back up what you what you want to say and uh i i am sure uh it's proof that that we're willing to talk because we're here and uh we we definitely support uh phileas club and uh we've been here for a while
0: you are and and you i are. just i just want to say nice to meet you reed i i have you know been uh podcasting with patrick basically for a very very long time and it's awesome to uh get to know you
2: i i appreciate it i i i've known patrick now for um i don't want to say Two too years. long but uh, long enough <laughs> but uh yeah I, so I, I i met him in helsinki so there you did i, yeah. I know he lives in europe
1: <laughs> okay. um all right We're, so got it
2: we um yeah
1: if you know you feel like uh, oh, but they were talking only about their side they act actively support the show, both of them uh, and they listen and maybe sometimes it's frustrating, but they listen to everyone's opinion so um, if if you want to support the show as well, uh, sending words of encouragement is always welcome, but uh, I want your greens as well uh, I will take your dollars <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't send any kale to Patrick.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have kale, but I live in the middle of the forest. We have vegetables already. Um, so, yeah, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash the Club. The link is in the show notes. Uh, send us your greens. And uh, otherwise, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm not Patrick. I'm also on Instagram and everywhere as not Patrick. You can find the links to everything I do. I do at notpatrick.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with a show that is less US-centric, I promise, uh, very soon. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, everyone.